0: You're listening to Play Skillfully with Kathy Eggers and Leslie Richards. Grab a cup of coffee or a glass of wine, get cozy, because this is going to be good. This is Leslie Richards with the Play Skillfully podcast, and I'm here for part two of our talk on the role of beauty in your homeschool. And I'm really excited to talk to you about that today. It's something that has meant a lot to me because it was a place that I really had to grow as a homeschool mom. So um, it's awesome when we get to use our natural strengths, but when we get to grow, it's even better when we can look back and see that in places that we're not so strong. So one of the areas that I'm not as strong in, for example, is patience and my mom says to me all the time oh my goodness you're so patient and I think to myself the fruit of 20 years of homeschooling for sure I did that way and so this was an area for me that I grew over and I'm excited to share it with you I am coming to you from Georgia on a really beautiful spring day and I am feeling so encouraged and hopeful the weather is on the way and I'm sure everyone's done with winter. I um I was so hoping for a pretty day. My kids had the prom last weekend and it was pouring rain and I felt so bad. Um but it was also kind of a bittersweet week at our house. So we have all the teenagers now and oh my goodness, these little teenage heartbreaks are not for the faint of heart. And so one of our daughters had a little bit of a heartbreak um, this week before prom, and she was just struggling with being really sad about it. And, you know, I was thinking about all the times when they were little and they were bigger, and I would be ready to pull my hair out and I remember thinking because I was an only child, I cannot believe they're fighting. They have built in friends and they're fighting with them. Why aren't they grateful for these friends? But you know what? It was so cool to see my kids rally around the one that was hurt this week in the sweetest ways, like taking her to get Chick fil A. And one of my sons did the sweetest thing. So he's a musician. And he had written a song when he got his heartbroken when he was 15. And he just never released it because it was just all the teenage feels in all, all the ways. And he never released it. He just kind of hung on to it. And when she went through her little bit of grief this past weekend, he released that song for her. And it's just all the teenage feels. Um, and so I thought this is the swing that they are there for each other in the Bump's and the bruises of life. And so I just want to encourage you because, oh my goodness, I thought the bickering was one of the hardest things about homeschool. I just thought everyone would be peaceful all the time, but we were seven sinners living in a house together. And so everybody would rub each other the wrong way occasionally, but man, it's nice to see that as they grow all of that time together has kind of paid off and they really know each other and they know how to encourage each other. And so that was my house this weekend. Um, So anyway, if I sound tired, I'm tired. I've done a lot of like back padding and staying up late and listening to that driver's license breakup song that (laughs) all the teenagers like right now. Um, It's funny. I so remember being 15, don't you? So anyway, I wanna talk to you today about our part two of how to build a cathedral. And um, one of the amazing things about that cathedral that we talked about last week was the fact that it was an absolute feast for the senses. And so much work and thought placed into every detail. And I could go on for an hour and just talk about the bell system, the skill required to fashion the bells and play the bells, the smell of the incense, the gleam of the polished metal, the echoes up through the high arches. That sense of just overwhelming space made one feel appropriately small in a spiritual sense. And it's good to feel small sometimes. It does something for our faith. I think anyone who has ever stood In the Yosemite Valley or looked at the ocean knows that's true. Um, so I, the second thing that I want to encourage you to, we talked, we talked about ritual last week, the rhythm and ritual of your homeschool day. But the second thing I want to talk about is the five senses. Consider the role of the five senses in your home. Children are really sensory creatures and the sensory stimuli that they take in is what makes the cells in their brain um, connect into synapses and every sensory experience they have in your home is one building block in the foundation of their intellect. We want to really feed that well and I love this quote. John Mark Reynolds, who's the founder of Biola University's Torrey's Honors Institute, He says that Plato was a great advocate of aesthetic value as part of an education. John Mark encourages parents to start with aesthetics as the foundation of a K through 12 classical education. He further explains that the main focus of K through five should be to enwrap our children's lives in beauty to fill our homes with serenity and peace for goodness and truth will inevitably follow from beauty. And I love that. It's really about the mood and the flavor of your home um, and what they remember, what they crave. And I I love that because to me, that is life-giving. That's freedom-giving. And I feel like we worry about so many details that don't really matter. But let's just talk about some of the things that they should see in your home and how we can do it easily. And I'm gonna also give you some journaling prompts um, so you can kind of think about these things this week. But I want you to think about what do you want them to hear in your home? And I think about this and I wonder oftentimes like how much do I deliver? I think I have lofty goals, right? I want them to hear beautiful music I want them to hear their names spoken lovingly, not with contempt or anger, Um, which sometimes when they bicker at each other, you know, I hear lily and things like that, but I just hate that tone. But I want them to hear sweet voices. I want them to hear lots of laughter. I want them to hear beautiful music. I want them to hear encouragement. I want them to hear how much God loves them. All of the time. Um, I want them to smell good things cooking. I want them to clean house. I want them to smell um, you know good habits taking care of things being clean, them being clean. Um, I want them to taste good food that they make for each other, that I make for them. I want them to have a sense of hospitality. And feel good with feeding other people. Um, I want them to touch things. I want them to be able to touch beautiful things carefully, to be good stewards, to be able to look at good books, to touch flowers and animals carefully. Um, And I think touch is a real one, especially with little kids. Um, It's funny, my son Samuel, when we first moved to Georgia, we stayed with my dad and his wife for about six weeks. And I had Samuel, who was just pulling up at that point. He wasn't walking yet, but he just was pulling up. And my dad and his wife had so many breakables, so many tchotchkes. And we got there. My dad was a huge department 56 collector. And so he had all of these Christmas village pieces, which he wanted to put up everywhere for the kids to see. But I don't think he was thinking about this little pulley-up little boy. And oh my goodness, I remember being so paranoid about him breaking something and and all of that when he was really little. And one of the first things that I try to teach little ones came from my grandmother. And my grandmother, I can't ever remember ever her telling me something. And she loved beautiful things. She grew up in the depression. And so having Expensive little breakables to her was a really symbolic thing. And so she had a lot of little figurines and special things and books. She had beautiful, beautiful books. She did not have a college education, but she read, and one of the things that she did was she bought herself Franklin Mint books that with the gold leaf and all of that. And so nothing was ever off limits. And she would tell me that there was there was some things that I could only touch with one finger and she taught all of the babies in the family. Like we were allowed all the ornaments on the Christmas tree, but with one finger. And so it's the sweetest memory thinking about all the babies being so careful to touch things with just one finger um, so that they could still experience even the beautiful things that were breakable and learn to handle them appropriately. Um, So think about trying to be okay with letting them touch things sometimes under some circumstances and making sure they know the rules. Now, um, in the book, Norms and Nobility, David Hicks discusses the idea that one of the main reasons for education should be to have our children be able to recognize truth, beauty, and goodness and have an inner responsibility to replicate it. And I think that that was one of the first things that I read that hooked me on homeschooling that I do. I want them to be able to recognize that and have a responsibility to replicate beauty, whether it's through making music or art or teaching other people to appreciate things. I want them to be able to replicate it. And so one of the first ways that I worked with Mike about replicating beauty was art study and I really started to think about the aspects of beauty and how I could help my smallest children replicate that. And so we did a lot of art study. And one of our favorites um, was the glassblower Chaluli, and he has amazing pieces. If you look him up, he's got um, these wild glass blown. They look like sea creatures, and they're colorful. Amazing and children love them. And so, if you show one to a small child and you ask them, Do you think it's beautiful? usually they'll say yes. And if you ask them why, they'll say, Oh, I love the shape or I love the color. The colors are so pretty. And so, when they're three, four, five years old, they can't blow glass, right? but they can replicate the same colors. We can color mix and try to get the same colors and we can try to make things the same shape with um, paper. I've seen all kinds of cool Choluli projects where people recreate them for children. Um, we have a project in here playing skillfully where we, we have them do an art study on the Makia bowls and they are able to make the shape and the color and we eat snack out of them because I don't like art that just piles up, you know, with little kids. I like to make things that are useful and, and recyclable and all of that. Um, but that is one way that you can help your kids notice. Do you think that's beautiful? Why is it beautiful? Do you think we can make something else that color? Or do you think we can make something else that shape? Um, I want to share another quote with you from um, Liturgy of the Ordinary. It takes strength to enjoy the world, and we must exercise a kind of muscle to revel in delight. If we neglect that muscle, if we never savor a lazy afternoon, if we must be cleaning the fridge or at church or clocking in more hours, we will forget how to notice beauty and will miss the unmistakable reality of goodness that pleasure trains us to see. We must take up the practice, the privilege and responsibility of noticing, savoring, reveling. So to use Annie Dillard's phrase, creation need not play to an empty house. So I want you to talk about or I want to talk to you, I'm sorry, about the idea of making your house appealing to the senses for a few minutes. Now, I told you last week, I'm a creator. It's not one of my guests. I enjoy beautiful places, and I'm just not a terribly I am so sorry oh I was having a little coughing fit there and had to take a minute oh so someday I'll have a studio with engineers and all that but right now you just have me so anyway I'm not much of a decorator but I decided that beauty everything I was reading was saying oh this is so important um and I realized, you know what, it's cheap and easy to do. We can our children's art. We can frame photos of happy times. And probably, I'm trying to think, maybe about five years ago, I decided for the very first time. I mean, I was always busy and had kids, and we were always going places and doing things, traveling. And I just really never thought about making our space purposefully beautiful for a reason and think through everything so we live in this old farmhouse and there was this really odd little room off the kitchen and it's a narrow room with a fireplace and you have to walk through it to get to the stairs and for the longest time it functioned as kind of a hallway where people in my house like to drop their stuff as they came in. And my kids tend to dominate the big family room with their gaming systems and movies and toys and whatnot. So I thought, I'm going to make this little space where their dad and I could read or watch the news. So I bought a pretty rug, a sectional, a turquoise chair, pretty throw pillows and blankets. And then I found at HomeGoods this big, huge, purple ottoman. It was so overstepped and amazing. It made me feel like Prince. I wanted to sing. It was just this funky, weird piece, and I just loved it. I was so happy, and I made this little tiny retreat for my husband and I. But guess what happened? To my surprise, my kids wanted to be there in that room. They wanted to read in that room and make a fire in the fireplace rather than play Xbox or watch TV in another room. Um, I set this stage with this beautiful room, and they decided they wanted to be there all the time, and I didn't spend a lot of money. I bought everything at discount stores or thrift stores, and I'm trying to think through other rooms in the same way, but what it it really brought home to me is that beauty does matter, and I really didn't think. I was kind of thinking that function is important than anything else, and And I was wrong in so many ways. I think I was just being, and beauty does matter. And it really does draw people close. Um, So I want you to think about ways that you can bring beauty into your home in little ways. And it might be flowers from your garden on your table. It might be framed art that your children made. But do little things. Try to find little pockets of beauty that make you happy. Maybe even take a few minutes every day to go, you know what? I'm gonna just going to take this little corner and make it beautiful for you. Um, because I think for moms, it is. it's kind of a little bit of self-care to have the pretty, you know? So do it for you, but do it for your children. I'm going to leave some journaling prompts up in the show notes. And so you can take a look at that. And next week, we're going to talk about you and building beauty in yourself, the role of self, and how you get to grow during your homeschooling years. Um, So join me. Thank you so much for listening. And we'll talk to you soon. Thank you for listening to our podcast today. For more information, go to thehomegrownpreschoolers.com and you can view our products. For 10% savings on your first order, you can put in PS Podcast at the checkout and that'll give you the discount. Also, go follow us on iTunes or wherever you listen to your podcast and don't forget to leave us a review. It really does help followers find us. Hope you have a great day and find a way to say yes.